Kate Bonnet by Frank R. Stockton. Chapter 8. This is a LibriVox recording by Vivian Weaver. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ben Greenway is convinced that Bonnet is a pirate. But how in the name o' common sense did ye ever think of becoming a pirate, Master Bonnet? said Ben Greenway as they stood together. You're so little fitted for a wicked life. Out upon you, Ben Greenway, exclaimed the captain, beginning to stride up and down the little quarter-deck. I will let you know that, when the time comes for it, I can be as wicked as anybody. I doubt that, said Ben sturdily. Would you cut down and murder the innocent? Would you drive them upon an unsteady plank and make them walk into the sea? Could you raise thy great sword upon the widow and the orphan? No more of this disloyal speech, shouted Bonnet, or I will put you upon a wavering plank and make you walk into the sea. Now Greenway laughed. And if ye did, he said, ye would next jump upon the plank yourself and slide swiftly into the waves, that ye might save your old friend and servant, knowing he cannot swim. Ben Greenway, said Bonnet, folding his arms and knitting his brows, I will not suffer such speech from you. I would sooner have on board a Presbyterian parson. And a happier fate couldn't befall ye, said Ben, for ye need a parson more than any mon I know. Bonnet looked at him for a moment. You think so, said he? Indeed I do, said Ben, with unction. There now, cried Bonnet, I told you, Ben, that I could be wicked upon occasion, and now you have acknowledged it. Upon my word, I can be wickeder than common, as you shall see when good fortune helps us to overhaul a prize. The revenge had been at sea for about a week, and all had gone well, except she had taken no prizes. The crew had been obedient and fairly orderly, and if they made fun of their farmer captain behind his back, they showed no disrespect when his eyes were upon them. The fact was that most of them had a very great respect for him as the capitalist of the ship's company. Big Sam had early begun to sound the temper of the men, but they had not cared to listen to him. Good fare they had and generous treatment, and the less they thought of Bonnet as a navigator and commander, the more they thought of his promises of rich spoils to be fairly divided with them, when they should capture a Spanish galleon on any well-laden merchantman bound for the marts of Europe. In fact, when such good luck should befall them, they would greatly prefer to find themselves serving under Bonnet than under Big Sam. The latter was known as a greedy scoundrel, who would take much and give little, being inclined, moreover, to cheat his shipmates out of even that little if the chance came to him. Even Black Paul, who was an old comrade of Big Sam, the two having done much wickedness together, paid no heed to his present treasons. Let the old fool alone, he said. We fare well, and our lives are easy, having three men to do the work of one. So say I, let us sail on and make merry with his good rum. His money chest is heavy set. That's what I'm thinking of, said the sailing master. Why should I be coursing about here looking for prizes with that chest within reach of my very arm whenever I choose it? Black Paul grinned and said to himself, It is your arm, old Sam, that I'm afraid of. Then aloud, No, let him go. Let us profit by our good treatment as long as it lasts. And then we will talk about the money box. Thus Big Sam found that his time had not arrived and he swore in his soul that his old shipmate would some day rue that he had not earlier stood by him in his treacherous schemes. 
So all went on without open discontent, and Bonnet, having sailed northward for some days, set his course to the southeast, with some hundred and fifty eyes wide open for the sight of a heavy sailing merchantman. One morning they sighted a brig sailing southward, but as she was of no great size, and not going in the right direction to make it probable that she carried a cargo worth their while, they turned westward and ran towards Cuba. Had Captain Bonnet known that his daughter was on the brig which he thus disdained, his mind would have been far different. But as it was, not knowing anything more than he could see, and not understanding much of that, he kept his westerly course, and on the next day the lookout sighted a good-sized merchantman bearing eastward, now bounded every heart upon the swiftly coursing vessel of the planter pirate. There were men there who had shared in the taking of many a prize, who had shared in the blood and the cruelty and the booty, and their brawny forms trembled with the old excitement of the sea chase. But no man's blood ran more swiftly, no man's eyes glared more fiercely than those of Captain Bonnet as he strapped on his pistols and felt of his sword hilt. Ah, ye needn't a glare so, said Ben Greenway close at his side. Ye are no pirate, and ye cannot make yourself believe ye are many. And that ye shall see when the guns begin to roar and the sword blades flash. Better get below and let any of those hairy scoundrels descend into hell in your place. Captain Bonnet turned with rage upon Ben Greenway, but the latter, having spoken his mind and given his advice, had retired. Now came Big Sam. "'Tis an English brig,' he said, most likely from Jamaica, homeward bound. She should be a good prize. Bonnet winced a little at this. He would have preferred to begin his career of piracy by capturing some foreign vessel, leaving English prizes for the future when he should have become better used to his new employment. But sensitiveness does not do for pirates, and in a moment he had recovered himself and was as bold and bloody-minded as he had been when he first saw the now rapidly approaching vessel. All nations were alike to him now. He belonged to no one. Fire some guns at her, he shouted to Big Sam, and run up the Jolly Roger. Let the rascals see what we are. The rascals saw. Down came their flag, and presently their vessel was steered into the wind and lay to. Shall we board her? cried Big Sam. Aye, board her, shouted back the infuriated bonnet. Run the revenge alongside, get out your grappling irons, and let every man with sword and pistols bound upon her deck. The merchantman now lay without headway, gently rolling on the sea. Down came the sails of the revenge, while her motion grew slower and slower as she approached her victim. Had Captain Bonnet been truly sailing the revenge, he would have run by with sails, all set, for not a thought had he for the management of his own vessel. So intent he was upon the capture of the other, but fortunately Big Sam knew what was necessary to be done in a nautical maneuver of this kind, and his men not all stand ready with their swords in their hands to bound upon the deck of the merchantman. But there were enough of Pirate Bonnet's crew crowded alongside the rail of the vessel to inspire terror in any peaceable merchantman. And this one, although it had several carronades and other guns upon her deck, showed no disposition to use them the odds against her being far too great. At the very head of the long line of ruffians upon the deck of the Revenge stood Ben Greenway, and although he held no sword and wore no pistol, his eyes flashed as brightly as any glimmering blade in the whole ship's company. The two vessels were now drawing very near to each other. 
men with grappling irons stood ready to throw them and the bow of the well-steered pilot had almost touched the side of the merchantman when with a bound of which no one would have considered him capable the good ben greenway jumped upon the rail and sprang down upon the deck of the other vessel this was a hazardous feat and if the scotchman had known more about nautical matters he would not have essayed it before the two vessels had been fastened together ignorance made him fearless and he alighted in safety on the deck of the merchantman at the very instant when the two vessels having touched separated themselves from each other for the space of a yard or two there was a general shout from the deck of the pirate at this performance of ben greenway nobody could understand it captain bonnet stood and yelled what are you about ben greenway have you gone mad without sword or pistol you'll be the astonished bonnet did not finish his sentence for his power of speech left him when he saw ben greenway hurry up to the captain of the merchantman who was standing unarmed with his crew about him and warmly shake that dumbfounded skipper by the hand in their surprise at what they beheld the pirates had not thrown their grapnels at the proper moment and now the two vessels had drifted still farther apart presently ben greenway came hurrying to the side of the merchantman dragging its captain by the hand master bonnet master bonnet he cried this is your old friend abder marchand oh our town and this is his good ship the amanda i knew her when i first caught sight of her figurehead having seen it so often at her pier at bridgetown and so now that ye know what it is that ye have inadvertently captured ye may cast off your men and bid them sheave their frightful cutlasses at this a roar arose from the pirates who having thrown some of their grappling irons over the gunwale of the merchantman were now pulling hard upon them to bring the two vessels together and captain bonnet shouted back at ben what are you talking about you driveling idiot haven't you told mr marchand that i am a pirate indeed i had not cried ben for i don't believe ye are at least no to your friends and neighbors to this bonnet made a violent reply but it was not heard the two vessels had now touched and the crowd of yelling pirates had leaped upon the deck of the amanda bonnet was not far behind his men and sword in hand he rushed towards the spot where stood the merchant captain with his crew hustling together behind him as there was no resistance there was so far no fighting and the pirates were tumbling over each other in their haste to get below and find out what sort of a cargo was carried by this easy prize captain marchand held out his hand good day to you friend bonnet he said i had hoped that you would be one of the first friends i should meet when i reached port at bridgetown but i've little thought to meet you before i got there bonnet was a little embarrassed by the peculiarity of this situation but his heart was true to his new career friend marchand he said i see that you do not understand the state of affairs and ben greenway there should have told you the moment he met you i am no longer a planter of barbados i am a pirate of the sea and the jolly roger floats above my ship i belong to no nation my hand is against all the world you and your ship have been captured by me and my men and your cargo is my prize now what have you got on board where do you hail from and whither are you bound captain marchand looked at him fixedly i sailed from london with a cargo of domestic goods for kingston thence having disposed of most of my cargo i am on my way to bridgetown where i hope to sell the remainder your goods will never reach bridgetown cried bonnet they belong now to my men and me what cried ben greenway ye speak without sense or reason 
have ye forgotten that this is mr abner marchand your fellow vestryman and your senior warden and to him do ye talk o taking away his goods and legal chattels bonnet looked at greenway with indignation and contempt now listen to me he yelled to the devil with the vestry and de the scotchman's eyes and mouth were so rounded with horror that bonnet stopped and changed his form of expression confound the senior warden i am the pirate bonnet and regard not the church of england nor your friends interpolated ben nor friends nor any man shouted bonnet abner marchand i am sorry that your vessel should be the first one to fall into my power but that has happened and there is no help for it my men are below ransacking your hold for the goods and treasure it may contain when your cargo or what we want of it is safe upon my ship i shall burn your vessel and you and your men must walk the plank at this dreadful statement ben greenway staggered backward in speechless dismay yes cried bonnet that shall i do for there is naught else i can do and then you shall see you doubting greenway whether i am a pirate or no to all this captain marchand said not a word but at this moment a woman's scream was heard from below and there was another scream from another woman captain marchand started your men have wandered into my cabin he exclaimed and they have frightened my passengers shall i go and bring them up major bonnet they will be better here ay ay cried the pirate captain surprised that there should be female passengers on board and marchand followed by ben greenway disappeared below confound woman passengers said bonnet to himself that is truly a bit of bad luck in a few minutes marchand was back bringing with him a middle-aged and somewhat pudgy woman very pale a younger woman of exceeding plainness and sobbing steadfastly and also an elderly man evidently an invalid and wearing a long dressing-gown these said captain marchand are master and madame ballinger and daughter of new york in england who have been sojourning in jamaica for the health of the gentlemen but are now sailing with me to barbados hoping the air of our good island may be more salubrious for the lungs captain bonnet had never been in the habit of speaking loudly before ladies but he now felt that he must stand by his character you cannot have heard he almost shouted that i am the pirate bonnet and that your vessel is now my prize at this the two ladies began to scream vigorously and the form of the gentleman trembled to such a degree that his cane beat a tattoo upon the deck yes continued bonnet when my men have stripped this ship of its valuables i shall burn her to the water's edge and having removed you to my vessel i shall shortly make you walk the plank here the younger lady began to stiffen herself out as if she were about to faint in the arms of captain marchand who had suddenly seized her but her great curiosity to hear more kept her still conscious mrs ballinger grew very red in the face that cannot be she cried you may do what you please with our belongings and with captain marchand's ship but my husband is too sick a man to walk a plank you have not noticed perchance that his legs are so feeble that he could scarce mount from the cabin to the deck it would be impossible for him to walk a plank and as for my daughter and myself we know nothing about such a thing and could not out of sheer ignorance for a moment a shadow of perplexity fell upon captain bonnet's face he could readily perceive that the infirm mr ballinger could not walk a plank or even mount one unless someone went with him to assist him and as to his wife she was evidently a termagant and having sailed his ship and floated his jolly roger in order to get rid of one termagant he was greatly annoyed at being 
brought thus face to face with another he stood for a moment silent the old gentleman looked as if he would like to go down to his cabin and cover up his head with his blanket until all this commotion should be over the daughter sobbed as she gazed about her taking in every point of this most novel situation and the mother with dilated nostrils still glared in the midst of all this very disturbance captain marchand stood quiet and unmoved apparently paying no attention to any one except his old neighbor and fellow vestryman steed bonnet upon whose face his eyes were steadily fixed ben greenway now approached the pirate captain and led him aside let your men make away with the cargo as they please i doubt if it be more than odds and ends for such are the goods they bring to bridgetown and let them cast off and go their way and ye and i will run to bridgetown in the amanda and i may yet be weel this beat of folly being forgotten it might have been supposed that bonnet would have retaliated upon the scotchman for thus advising him in the very moment of triumph to give up his piratical career and to go home quietly to his plantation but instead of that he paused for a moment's reflection ben greenway said he there is good sense in what you say in truth i cannot bring myself to put to death my old friend and neighbor and his helpless passengers as for the ship it will do me no more good burned than unburned and there is another thing ben greenway which i would fain do and it just came into my mind i will write a letter to my wife and one to my daughter kate there is much which i wish them to know and which i have not yet been able to communicate i will allow the amanda to go on her way and i will send these two letters by her captain they shall be ready presently and you ben stand by these people and see that no harm comes to them at this moment there were loud shouts and laughter from below and captain marchand came forward friend bonnet he said your men have discovered my store of spirits in a short time they will be drunk and it will then be unsafe for these my passengers bid them i pray you to convey the liquors aboard your ship well said cried bonnet i would not lose those spirits and stepping forward he spoke to big sam who had just appeared on deck and ordered the casks to be conveyed on board the revenge the latter laughed but said ay ay sir returning to captain marchand bonnet said i will now step on board my ship and write some letters which i shall ask you to take to bridgetown with you i shall be ready by the time the rest of your cargo is removed oh don't do that cried ben there is surely pen and paper here close to your hand go down to captain marchand's cabin and write your letters no no cried bonnet i have my own conveniences and with that he leaped on board the revenge that's a chance gone said ben greenway to captain marchand a good chance gone if we could have kept him on board here and down in your cabin i might have passed the word to that big merchant the sailing-master to cast off and get away with the wretched crowd the scoundrels will be glad to steal the ship and it will be the salvation of master bonnet if they do it if that's the case said captain marchand why should we resort to trickery if his men want the ship and don't want him why can't we seize him when he comes on board with his letters and then let his men know that they are free to go to the devil in any way they please then we can convey major bonnet to his home to repentance perhaps and a better life that's good said ben but no to punishment he and i could testify that his head is turned but that when kindness to a neighbor is concerned his heart is all right ay ay said the captain i could swear to that and now we must act together 
When I put my hand on him, you do the same, and give him no chance to use his sword or pistols. The captain of the pirates sat down in his well-furnished little room to write his letters, and the noise and confusion on deck, the swearing and the singing and the shouting to be heard everywhere, did not seem to disturb him in the least. He was a man whose mind could thoroughly engage itself with but one thing at a time, and the fact that his men were at work, sacking the merchantmen, did not in the least divert his thoughts from his pen and paper. So he quietly wrote to his wife that he had embraced a pirate's life, that he never expected to become a planter again, and that he left to her the enjoyment and management of his estate in Barbados. He hoped that his absence, having now relieved her of her principal reason for discontent with her lot, she would become happy and satisfied, and would allow those about her to be the same. He expected to send Ben Greenway back to her to help take care of her affairs, but if she should need further advice, he advised her to speak to Master Newcomb. The letter to his daughter was different. It was very affectionate. He assured her of his sorrow at not being able to take her with him and to leave her at Jamaica, and he urged her at the earliest possible moment to go to her uncle and to remain there until she heard from him or saw him, the latter being probable. As he intended to visit Jamaica as soon as he could, even in disguise if this method was necessary, he alluded to the glorious career upon which he was entering, and in which he expected some day to make great name for himself, of which he hoped she would be proud. When these letters were finished, Bonnet hurried to the side of the vessel and looked upon the deck of the Amanda. Captain Marchant and Greenway had been waiting in anxious expectation for the return of Bonnet and wondering how in the world a man could bring his mind to write letters at such a time as this. "'Take these letters, Ben,' he said, leaning over the rail, "'and give them to Captain Marchand.' Ben Greenway at first declined to take the letters which Bonnet held out to him, but the latter now threw them at his feet on the deck, and running forward, he soon found himself in a violent and disorderly crowd, who did not seem to regard him at all. Booty and drink were all they cared for. Presently came Big Sam, giving orders and thrusting the men before him. He had not been drinking, and was in full possession of his crafty senses. "'Throw off the grapnels!' exclaimed Big Sam, and get up the foresail. And then he perceived Bonnet. With a scowl upon his face, Big Sam muttered, "'I thought you were on the merchantmen, but no matter. Shove her off, I say, or I'll break your heads.' The grapnels were loosened, the few men who were on duty shoved desperately. The foresail went up, and the two vessels began to separate." but they were not a foot apart when with a great rush and scramble ben greenway left the merchantman and tumbled himself on board the revenge bonnet rushed to him you scoundrel you rascal ben greenway what do you mean i intended you to go back to bridgetown on that brig can i never get rid of you no till you give up piratin said ben with a grin you may split open my head and throw overboard my corpse but my live body stays here as long as you do with a savage growl, Bonnet turned away from his faithful adherent. Things are getting very serious now, and he could waste no time on personal quarrels. Great holes and splits had been discovered in the heads of the barrels of spirits, and the precious liquor was running over the decks. This was the work of the sagacious Big Sam, who had the strongest desire to get away from the Amanda before the pirate crew became so drunk that they could not manage the vessel. He was a deep man, that Big Sam, and at this moment, although he said nothing about it, he considered himself the captain of the pirate ship which he sailed. For a time, Bonnet hurried about, not knowing what to do. 
some of the men were quarrelling about the booty others trying to catch the rum as it flowed from the barrels others howling out of pure devilishness and no one paying him any respect whatever big sam was giving orders a few sober men were obeying him and captain steed bonnet with his faithful servant ben greenway seemed to be entirely out of place amid this horrible tumult i told ye said ben ye had better stayed on board that merchantman and gone back like a christian to your helm and family it will be no safe place for ye or for me neither when the black-hearted scoundrel oh a big sam gets time to attend to ye black-hearted inquired bonnet but without any surprise in his voice ay said ben if there's anything blacker than his heart only satan himself ever looked at it it was to be sailed in this ship on his own account that he's had in his villainous soul ever since he came on board and i can tell ye master bonnet that it won't be long now before he's doin it i had me eye on him when he was on board the amanda and i saw that the scoundrel was going to separate the ships that was my will said bonnet although i did not order it ben gave a little grunt ay said he hoping to leave me behind just as he was hoping to leave ye behind but neither o ye got your wills and it'll be the dale that'll have a hand in the next leavin behind that's likely to be done bonnet made no reply to these remarks having suddenly spied black paul look here said he stepping up to that sombre-hued personage can you sail a ship the other looked at bonnet in astonishment i should say so said he i have commanded vessels before now here then said bonnet i want a sailing master i am not satisfied with this big sam i am no navigator myself but i want a better man than that fellow to sail my ship for me black paul looked hard at him but made no answer he thinks he is sailing the ship for himself said bonnet and it would be a bad day for you men if he did that indeed would it said black paul a close-fisted scoundrel as i know him to be quick then said bonnet now you're my sailing master and after this when we divide the prizes you take the same share that i do as to these goods from the amanda i will have no part at all i give them all to you and the rest divided according to rule go you now among the men and speak first to such as have taken the least liquor let them know that it was big sam that broke in the hogsheads which but for that would have been sold and divided go quickly and get about you a half dozen good fellows you're getting wickeder and wickeder said ben when black paul had hurried away the dell himself couldn't have taught you a craftier trick than that will ye kenned then that black fellow would fin serve under a free-handed fool than a stingy knife ay sir your education's progressing at this moment big sam came hurrying by not wishing to excite suspicion bonnet addressed him a question but instead of answering the burly pirate swore at him i'll attend to your business said he as soon as i have my sails set then i'll give you two leather-headed landsmen all the hoisting and lowering you'll ever ask for then with another explosion of oaths he passed on bonnet and ben stood waiting with much impatience and anxiety but presently came black paul with a party of brawny pirates following him come now said bonnet walking boldly aft towards big sam who was still cursing and swearing right and left bonnet stepped up to him and touched him on the arm look ye said he you're no longer sailing master on this ship i don't like your ways or your fashions step forward then and go to the forecastle where you belong this good mariner pointing to black paul will take your place and sail a revenge big sam turned and stood astounded staring at bonnet 
he spoke no word but his face grew dark and his great eyebrows were drawn together his mouth was half open as if he were about to yell or swear then suddenly his right hand fell upon the hilt of his cutlass and the great blade flashed in the air he gave one bound towards bonnet and in the same second the cutlass came down like a stroke of lightning but bonnet had been a soldier and had learned how to use his sword the cutlass was caught on his quick blade and turned aside at this moment black paul sprung at big sam and seized him by the sword arm while another fellow taking his cue grabbed him by the shoulder now some of you fellows shouted bonnet seize him by the legs and heave him overboard this order was obeyed almost as soon as it was given four burly pirates rushed big sam to the bulwarks and with a great heave sent him head foremost over the rail in the next instant he had disappeared gone passed out of human sight or knowledge now then mr paul not knowing your other name which it is bittern said the other you are now sailing master of this ship and when things are straightened out a bit you can come below and sign articles with me ay ay sir said black paul and calling to the men he gave orders that they go on with the setting of the main topsail now truly said ben i believe that ye are a pirate bonnet looked at him much pleased i told you so my good ben i knew that the time would come when you would acknowledge that i am a true pirate after this you cannot doubt it any more never again master bonnet said ben greenway bravely shaking his hand never again the brig amanda with full sails and an empty hold bent her course eastward to the island of barbados and the next morning when the drunken sailors on board the revenge were able to look about them and consider things they found their vessel speeding towards the coast of cuba and sailed by black paul bittern End of chapter eight